I want to say welcome to everybody who's joining us online. We're glad that you're with us. And I'm thinking about our other campuses this morning, too, in Delton and in Middleville, and how blessed we are with the people who are part of those. So um, I have a granddaughter named Florence. She's four years old. And occasionally, Florence will give me a look that I think just says it all. And I'll put a picture up. Can we put that up on the screen? Yeah. Now, now, let me just ask you, what do you think of when you see this look? What, what do you think of? I'll tell you what I think of, okay? Th- th- this is what I think of. <laughs> you see any similarities there? <laughs> so, it, it's, it's amazing to me, really. I, I call that her angry bird look. You know, I got that look recently when um, she was over at our house. We were having dinner, and uh, we were uh, watching the girls, her and her sisters, and so we having dinner, and she told me that she'd like another hamburger, and I said, well, you, you can have another hamburger, but I think it'd be good for you to eat some of the other stuff on your plate before you get that burger. And the angry bird look came up again. Is that a great look or what? I mean, she was very unhappy with me. And I see that look actually on a regular basis. And I have to tell you, I totally understand why she feels that way. I mean, I absolutely get the reason she feels that way because it wasn't her choice. This was like something that happened that was out of her control. She did not want to have to eat something else. She wanted another burger, but I had the power. I was the burger master, and she had no control, none. And that's, I mean, that's just the way it is. And this happens in life to all of us on a regular basis. Things happen to you, things happen to me, over which we have zero control. We simply don't have control over them. Many things, they may be economic, they may be larger global things, they may be small things, but we have all kinds of things that happen in our life. You don't have any choice in it. It just, it happens to you. And it's not always just because someone has a power, you know, over you and they're exerting it. Sometimes it's just stuff that happens in life. I was thinking about this, you know, I've been uh, speaking at this church for many years now, and I was thinking about how Over all these years, I have always sought, it has been my goal, and I put a lot of work into this, I'll be honest with you, to be articulate, to be clear, to be understandable and simple, and to never do anything that would distract from the message of Christianity, which is the love of God for us, an amazing God who loves us and gives us grace. So I've always sought to make my talks as clear and as articulate as possible. But I have to tell you that in the midst of all those talks I've worked so hard at, things have happened to me repeatedly that I didn't choose. I was thinking back uh, over the years about this, and I remember this is some years back. I was preaching one morning. I was just going after it, and, and it was, it was kind of like, you know, a Pentecostal sermon. I was just preaching and preaching, and what I didn't realize in the midst of all my preaching is that I apparently was swallowing a lot of air while I was doing that, and I'm preaching and preaching, and I didn't know I was swallowing air until in the middle of a one point where I was really going after it, I just let out a belch, long, loud, and right into the microphone. I'm like, and God, wants us to, ah, like that, and there it was. 
I had no control. It just erupted out of me. And I was horrified. Could you turn this down just a little, John, please? Thank you. I was horrified by it. It was like, oh my gosh. And I tried to just ignore it and act like it didn't happen. But, you know, I could see people's looks of horror on their face. Our pastor just belched in the middle of his sermon. If you know me, you know I would never do that. I'm, I mean, I burp around people all the time, but I choose that, all right? And that one, in the midst of my message, I did not choose. If you've come to TVC very much, you know, because you've listened to me, that I have a tendency to twist words around sometimes. I don't mean to. It's not something I choose. It just happens sometimes. So this, again, was some, some years back, but I was in a prayer and I was praying fervently, and I was actually quoting from the King James Version of Romans 5, where it talks about God's love shed abroad in our hearts. And I'm praying this, and I'm incorporating the Scripture into my prayer. It wasn't written or anything. I was just saying it. It was coming out. And I didn't realize that I'd mixed my words up to the point that what I actually was doing was praying for God's broads of love in the middle of my prayer. I didn't even know that I was praying for God's broads of love until someone came up afterwards and said, I'd really like to meet God's broads of love. Would that be possible? I'm like, what are you talking about? That's what you did. You prayed for God's broads of love. And this happens. It's happened to me over and over and over. I mean, you have to know on a regular basis, people will come up and say, do you know what you said? I'm like, why don't you just tell me? I realize that probably over the years, I have sworn more from this platform. I'm talking about swearing than some of you have in a lifetime. I just don't, I don't mean to, but sometimes you mix words up and it comes out. Not only do I mix words sometimes, but sometimes I'll actually just switch letters around on certain words. Like I'll switch the first letter on two words, just the, those first letters, and they can make for some confusion. This is why I don't like to preach out of the King James Version. I've had bad experiences. Well, well let, let me give you a verse that I've chosen never to preach from out of the King James. This is in Ephesians 6, 9. And you, if you just change first letters around on a couple of words, some of you are already there, aren't you? <laughs> this is above all taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the, I don't even want to say the next two words because in my head, years ago, it came out in the wrong way. And it just, just, just first letters, you know, so, so all the fiery darts of the wicked. And, and so I'm, some of you would love to have me mix that up. Would you not? <laughs> you would think that's like the most awesome thing you ever saw. People love it, and they do. They come to me on a very regular basis, and they'll, they'll tell me how funny it was that I said this or that. But I would never choose that. I would not, not from the platform, not like that. And then, of course, there are all those other things that have happened in my life that I didn't choose that aren't quite as funny or easy to remember, like the fact that both of my parents died at the age of 72. And now at 62, that seems like a pretty young age to me. I would never have chosen that. I would have never chosen that my brother a year and a half ago, at the age of 63, would die of cancer. I would have never chosen that. I would have never chosen it over a decade ago. One of my, one of my closest and best friends in all of my adult life would decide to cut the relationship off and simply never really talk to me again. And I tried and did I do something wrong? What's going on? And he just shut it down, shut it down. And it tore me to pieces. And then in the last year, I found out that he had died. And it's like it wrecked me all over again. I had no choice in that. 
Now, you know about this because these kind of things happen to you too. In our lives, there are all these things that come our way, so many things that happen that we really, we have no choice in. And yet, and I don't want you to miss this, please, please listen to me now. And yet, in all these things that happen to us, there is one area in which we do have choice. We, I would not only say, have the ability to, but we have the responsibility to choose how we respond to everything that happens to us, including the things that we had no choice in. Now, you may not have had any choice. This thing happened to you. You know, your, your husband or your wife, they had an affair. And then when they're finally caught in the affair, they have the gall to blame you and say, if it wasn't for you, this never would have happened. And they throw this in your face. And what they did was wrong. And what they did was damaging you and it wrecks you. And you feel like you've been damaged deeply and destroyed. But, and you don't want to hear this and nobody ever wants to hear it, you do actually have the choice in how you respond to that. You choose in that. Be clear on this, that you can never blame certain things. You can never blame, for example, your response on someone else. You can never say, this is your responsibility. No, this choosing how you respond to those things which happen to you, that is your choice. And I want you to understand this. I, I like how Scripture says it. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 30. It says, This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you that what I have set before you, life and death, blessings and curses. Now, say the next two words out loud with me, please. Choose life. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. This is what he's saying. In effect, he's saying, you are going to choose You can blame everybody in the world for all the problems that are happening to you, but when it comes to how you respond to the things that are set before you, things come at you that you don't like, things hurt you, things wound you. But you will choose how you respond, even if you don't like it. You choose. And it's not easy. I understand that. And man, when you've been damaged or hurt or wounded, whatever, it's like sometimes it's really hard and sometimes we choose wrong. But the fact remains, you and I choose how we respond to what happens to us in life. So, so here we are counting down the days until Christmas. By, by my uh, figuring, it's, it's like nine or ten days, depending on how you count it. And what I wanted to do this weekend is real, really, it's, it's really simply to remind you that how you respond to those things that are going to happen to you in the coming days that maybe you would not choose and don't want how you respond has enormous repercussions on the lives of people around you. This this is the bottom line. Because, see, how you respond always ripples out to far more people than you would ever know. Like, this is is what I want to do today. I want to kind of just, I want to act like a physician. You know, I always wanted to be like a doctor, you know, like uh, tell you what's wrong with you. So today, I'm going to act as a physician, and I'm going to tell you the diagnosis I'm afraid to tell you that you are afflicted with a disease called ripples. You have ripples. 
And it's a pretty serious case. In fact, let's just do this. I want you to think about this. I want you to turn to the person next to you and look at them and go, you have bad ripples. All right, just go turn to them right now. Come on, tell them. You have ripples. You have ripples. Now, let me, let me, let me describe what I mean to you by this. Let me, let me help you understand that, let's say, for example, something bad comes your way. Something happens to you that's painful and damaging and it hurts you. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's that situation where your husband or wife betrayed you and had an affair. Maybe someone stole from you or said a bad word about you, whatever it is. Some damage has been done to you. And then in the midst of that, in the, this deep pain that you have, instead of doing what, what God would call you to do, the higher ground to say, you know, I'm going to let go of this, not just for their sake, but for your own sake. And I'm going to release this and I'm going to forgive. Instead of doing that, you keep it in and you let it churn and churn and churn down on the inside of you and that anger and that bitterness and all that resentment build up on the inside of you and make you angrier and more resentful than you've ever been before. Now be sure that you will blame that bitterness on the person who did you the damage, who hurt you in such a way. But as hard as this is to hear, you need to understand that bitterness is a choice that you make because it is how you respond to that. You can say to the person, you made me this way. You made, look at what you've done to me. You made me a bitter, angry person. No, they wounded you. They did terrible things, but they did not make you bitter. You choose that poison. In fact, Scripture kind of refers to it like that. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root, no bitterness grows up to cause trouble. And, and I underlined these two words. Would you say them out loud with me? Defile many. Key words here. And I think most of us don't think about this, that your bad case of ripples when what goes out of you, these little waves, these motions, this stuff that goes out from your life in all directions, that when it goes out, when it's something like bitterness or something like resentment or anger, when it's wrong or destructive behavior, it doesn't just hurt you. It ripples out to the people around you, your family, your mate, your coworkers, the people in your neighborhood. It ripples out all over the place, and it does such damage. I can't even tell you how far it goes because I don't even fully understand the impact of the disease of ripples that all of us have. You know, I bet some of you like me, I have heard people say over the years, and I've been one of the people who said something like this, I will never do what my dad or my mom or my parents did when it came to raising me. I will never do that to my kids. And then at some point down the road in the years to come, they find that they've done some of the very same things to their kids that were done to them. You know this stuff gets passed on generationally. I don't even understand the power of ripples that it can go from me to my kids and then move to their kids. I think we underestimate the power of the ripples that move out from us, that flow out from us and touch the lives of people around us. Now, the Apostle Paul understood it. In fact, he actually advocated that we should live our lives thinking about the impact that our actions are, our responses to things that we may or may not have chosen that come at us in life, how they impact and influence other people. We should be thinking about that. 
You know, at one point in 1 Corinthians, he's talking about all the rights and the freedom and the blessing that we have as followers of Christ. But then he gives a caveat, which I think is really powerful. This is what he says, 1 Corinthians 8, verse 9. He said, be careful, however, that the exercise of your rights does not become a stumbling block to the weak. In other words, he says, pay attention to your ripples. Just because you have the right to do something, just because you can demand something or you can do this thing, doesn't mean it's a good thing because you ripple. And it will impact, it will touch the lives of people around you, and it can do great damage. So let me just ask, just step back and do a timeout here. Do you understand your diagnosis? Do you understand the impact that your life has? That even if you're standing still, even slight movements, stand in a pool of water up to your waist. You don't have to take a step. It doesn't have to be something dramatic. Every movement sends out ripples. And they will touch and in some way impact the people around you. And we think, well, it's, I'm just mad. I'm just ticked off. And, we're, and you, It's my problem. It's nobody else's business. But what you don't understand is that how you act and how you live, it ripples out to everyone around you, even people you may never meet. It's the power of this disease called ripples. Now, we don't always know exactly how it will impact people when it hits them. Maybe big ripples, maybe small ripples. It may be that the person's, you know, where they're at. They may be in a vulnerable place. They may be in a stronger place. And so it depends on all kinds of circumstances how exactly ripples hit someone. But there's no question about it that they do hit them and they impact them. I mean, you may leave this building today or your home if you're watching online. You go out into the lobby and some little kid, you're talking to somebody, you got a cup of coffee in your hand. Some little kid runs by you and bam, hits your leg and your coffee spills a little bit. And you look down, the kid stops and stares up at you. And in that moment, you're going to send out some ripples. Come on now. And it may be just that you look down at the kid and you're like, hey, watch where you're going, buddy. And the kid just runs off. And it's, you know, it's just this chance little encounter. It doesn't mean much. Maybe you give them a mean look. Watch where you're going, son. And you think it doesn't mean much. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it does. Maybe, though, you look down at him when he looks up at you and you say, hey, buddy. And then you squat down and you look them in the eye and you just talk to them for 30 seconds and then the kid runs off and you think, well, that was 30 seconds lost and that'll never. But you don't know what that ripple does. You don't know because that kid may have been at a point right then where he needed someone to look him in the eyes and notice him. And he may, and I bet most of you would have stories from your childhood of people who had a chance encounter with you and you've never forgotten it because that ripple stuck in you. Right time, right place, both for good And for bad, you ripple. You make a difference, and we have to think about it. So so I think we should be asking the question, how am I rippling? How am I rippling these days? What's going out for me at work? When people see me, do they go, tsunami coming, move the other way. 
How am I impacting lives? So as I said, here we are, approaching Christmas, and I want to give you something to think about, okay? The gifts you give, the gifts you give this year, the most important and the most significant gifts you give this year will not come wrapped in paper or with bows. They won't be in a gift bag and they will not be charged your credit card. They will come from your heart and they will ripple out from your life. The gifts you give will be the ripples that come from your life for better or for worse. And they will be how you choose to respond to things you have no choice in, how you choose to act, how you choose to do your things. So like I said, we've got like nine or ten days until Christmas. And I was just thinking about this, and I came up with this idea, and some of you won't like it, but I'm going to throw it out at you anyhow, all right? I just thought I would this weekend give you a nine-day ripple challenge. Are you ready for this? Nine day, just a nine day ripple challenge. And I I, I think this is something, I think this is something we can all do. You you, You ready to hear it? This is what it is. For nine days, this is the challenge. Stop complaining. It's so funny. Last night, you know, we have Saturday night service. Last night in the service, it was like across the crowd, it was just like, oh, It's, it's kind of funny because, because I'm just talking about nine days of not compl- just nine days. This is not the rest of your life. This is not the rest of your world. This is just nine days where you make a commitment to the best of my ability. I will not complain. It's so funny because, because you know, I, I, this is kind of crazy. I, 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 a couple weeks ago, I was talking to Ann, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this talk, you know, on the 16th, 15th, 16th. I said, and I'm going to, I think I'm going to issue a challenge to, to stop complaining. She goes, oh, that's great, nine-day challenge. I said, I think, it, I think it'd be cool. And I kid you not, I, I, I'm telling you the truth, and she'll verify this. It wasn't probably 10 minutes later. I'm sitting by her on the couch, and I was complaining. <laughs> and she goes, she looks up and goes, oh, I can't wait for the day when the nine day without complaint comes. Bad wife. Bad evil woman. But really, I mean, we're, ta- we're not talking that big a deal. Nine days where you make the commitment to the best of my ability, I will not complain. This should be pretty simple, don't you think? <laughs> I love that you're honest with me. Some of you are going, yeah, no, no. And you're right. It will not be simple. And I will tell you why. Because, because, this is really important to understand. Whatever has the greatest power is the most difficult to transform or change. Whatever has the greatest power, the most mass, the most impact, the most influence, that's going to be the most difficult thing to change or to move or manipulate. And you may not know this, but that is your tongue and your words. It is your tongue and your words. Solomon said it this way. This is pretty dramatic. He says, the tongue has the power of, say it with me, life and death. Holy mackerel. The tongue which really is equivalent of your words, that which comes out of your mouth, the tongue. It has the power of life and death. It has that kind of influence. It ripples out in such dramatic ways. 
that it influences lives, that it influences the death of dreams and visions in people because of words. Now, James, when he writes in the New Testament, he says it in a really an even starker way, but he uses some more words. Let's take a look at this. James says, we all stumble in many ways, but anyone who's never at fault in what they say is what? Which is astounding when you think about it. If you, if you just keep your mouth shut, you'll be all right. He says, they're able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they're so large and they're driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. And likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And then he gets serious. He says, the tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. And when I read that, I just go, whoa. (laughs) That is the power of the tongue. Anybody ever felt like your tongue was set on fire by hell? I mean, I'm not asking that in a positive way, all right, whoever. I mean, sometimes you just go, ah, ah. That is the power of words. But you already know that. You know how I know you know it? Because you've had people speak words to you that have cut you to the core. And you couldn't just walk away from them and act like it never happened. It clung in you and to you and on you. And it did great damage to you over the years and you still remember the words, and you still remember how you feel. Words have enormous, enormous power. I mean, it's incredible when you think about it. <clears throat> and you need to understand that when I'm talking about this challenge, this, this nine days without complaint challenge, I'm not talking about gossip. I'm not talking about speaking mean-spiritedly to people. We shouldn't be doing those things. But I'm just talking about one simple thing. It's just stop complaining. Nine days, stop complaining. Something most of us do more frequently than we realize. Come on, that was uh, really good preaching right there, okay? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't, even, I, I didn't even want to talk about this because when I started down this path, I was like, Dude, you, are, do you really want to do that? I was talking to myself. Do you really want to go nine days? Because I'll be honest with you, I am a champion complainer. I, it, it's just like I find myself complaining all the time about all kinds of things. In fact, in some ways, complaining is part of my shtick. You know, like I even do it for humor. You know, I just complain about stuff. Just complain, 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 complain. And it's, it's just like my wife observed early on, even when I said I was thinking about doing it, she's like, oh, yes, let's do that. It's hard for me. And this one I really had to think about. The truth is, though, many of us think of complaining as just kind of a harmless activity that we do. I mean, is it really that bad? It's just kind of innocent stuff. Is it really? And my answer to that is, it is. It is is actually harmful and it's destructive. And and here's, here's why. Because of the power of words. See, words are like building blocks. And every time you speak one out, you can't take it back. It's out there, baby. And you're either building something good or something destructive. Come on, is that true? With your words. And it seems harmless, and it seems simple, and it seems like not a big deal, but you keep building these words. And if you keep putting dark building blocks out over and over and over, you build something that brings destruction. 
And it seems, as I said, so innocent. Complaining, you know this though, complaining can turn a sunny, pretty day into a gloomy, dark thing because somebody walks into a room. It can suck the energy out of a room or a group of people when somebody comes in and they just start complaining about stuff. Complaining can take what could be a hopeful situation and turn it dark and make it look gloomy and make it look hopeless. This is what complaining does. And I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that that it seems like so much of it is just innocent complaining. Like we complain about the weather. Do we ever complain about the weather? And this time of year, it's not just occasional. It's just all the time stinking cold. I hate this cold weather. See, nobody's responding at all right now. You're all just going to shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. That's what we do. And it seems so innocent. We complain about the price of fuel or we complain about one thing or another. Does it really matter? Yeah, I think it does. See, what you have to understand is what I would describe as the cumulative effect. Is that these building blocks add up and they build up and, and they do damage. The more you complain, the more you complain, the bigger the building that you build of despair and darkness and discouragement. And sometimes I think maybe... Maybe we should be asking ourselves a question like, you know, why am I so unhappy so much of the time? Why, when I have all these good things happening in my life, you know, maybe it's not as complicated as we make it. Maybe it's because we're complaining so much. And we have a choice over that one. We have a choice over whether or not we do it. So, so here's, here's the challenge. Let me just come back to it. It's just simply... Nine days without complaint. Nine days from now until Christmas. Well, through Christmas. On Christmas Day, don't go, thank God I can start complaining now. <laughs> and and I, I, I was thinking about this. I thought, what if hundreds and hundreds of people from the TVC family, from all our campuses and people joining us online, what if they just made the decision, to the best of my ability, I understand you're not going to be perfect, to the best of my ability, the next nine days, I'm going to shut my mouth when it comes to complaining. I am not going to complain. Do you think it could make a difference? I know it could. Because what you'll be doing is instead of complaining, you'll be speaking words of life which light up homes and workplaces and families. You actually have the potential to bring light where there's darkness and hope just by doing something as simple as saying, on the next nine days, best of my ability, I am not going to complain. Now, again, let me just say, I understand you're not going to be perfect. And what I'm talking about here is saying, you know, best I can, I'm going to do this. Someone last night, I, I heard him afterwards, he's going, I didn't, I, I didn't say I'd do it because I, there ain't no way I can do that. I can't do nine days without complaining. I'll be honest with you. I started, you know, I joined on this challenge last night. I've already screwed up. And um, so I understand, you know, you're not going to be perfect. But let me just ask you a question. Do you think this would be a good thing to do? <laughs> Thanks for the response. I, I want you to know how much I... Do you think this would be a good thing to do? Okay, all right. So in a minute, if you said yes, or if you nodded your head, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Not yet, but in a minute, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. I want to be clear. 
You're not going to be perfect on this. I'm going to be raising my hand. And by raising your hand, this is what you'll be saying. You'll be saying, to the best of my ability, I understand that you're not going to be perfect, but to the best of my ability, I will not complain over the next nine days. Now, I know some of you are already going, I don't even want to do that. I like complaining. (laughs) But I think, I think we can do this. So, if you're in on this, if you're willing to say this to the best of my ability, I will not complain over the next nine days. I want you to lift your hand up real high and hold it there. Just lift your hand up real high. Hold it there. Lift your hand up. Come on. Now, while your hands are still up, keep them up. Keep them up. Look around at the people around you. All right? Come on. Look around at the people around you. I want you to note them, and then you can put your hand down. All right? All right. Now, here's why I wanted you to lift your hand. Because I know some of you are going, I don't need to lift my hand. Or not. You're already complaining about lifting hands. All right? Here is why you need this. You need this because you need help to do this. We really do. Because if you just say on the inside, well, okay, yeah, for the next nine days, I think that's a good idea. I won't complain for the next nine days. You won't last 30 seconds. Do you know why you can count on the fact that I will work really hard at this? Because you all saw me. And my wife saw me. And some of my kids will see me. And they will know. And the people that I work with have seen me. (laughs) And all the above mentioned will delight in pointing out every single time I complain. They will find great pleasure. And you know what? I want them to. I want them to. Because I really mean this. I want to make this like best Christmas ever. And so I want, you see me complaining, I want you to point it out. And I know this will not be easy. Joel was telling me he was sitting by somebody in the service last night, and uh, the guy leaned over and said, now when does this start? And Joel said, right now. He just lifted his hand. He said, right now, and the guy just went. (sighs) (laughs) It's amazing how impactful it is when we choose to change something so significant and so powerful as our words. And again, I know you'll make a mistake, and I know you'll screw up, and I just would say to you, it's okay, don't worry about it, really, seriously. But when someone says to you, you just complained, don't go, I didn't complain, I was just stating the facts. Okay, don't do that. (laughs) I'm just precluding that one right off the bat, all right? That's crap, Don't, don't use it. Now, I understand. I, I really do. I understand that sometimes you have to talk about things that are negative or dark. Sometimes you have to have conversations that are not easy. They're, everything's not always going to be light and fluffy. It doesn't mean you're necessarily complaining. But come on, you know when you're being complaining. And when somebody calls you out on being complaining, don't deny it. Don't try to defend it. Just say, you're right. I was wrong. This is what I love about Christianity. It's a message of grace. When we make a mistake, we don't lay and wallow in self-pity. We, we just confess it, and then we receive forgiveness and get back up. I love this verse, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He'll forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Such good news. Now, the enemy's going to tell you, you can't do this. The enemy's going to say, you're just a failure. You can't stop complaining. Don't listen to him. You can. Amen? Yeah. You can. You can. Nine days. Make it the best Christmas ever. Nine days. When you make a mistake, get back up. You have a choice. Choose to not complain. Your diagnosis, you got ripples. 
your prescription. Nine days without complaint. Now, let me just add one little side prescription on this. Because after that day, a couple weeks ago, when Ann called me out so quickly on this thing, I said, I better start working on this now. And I've been working on it every day. Little reminders to myself, talking to myself, thinking about it and everything. And here's one of the things I've been doing that I think is so powerful. Is, is this, this idea that when I have the, I, the thought come up to complain, that I'm trying to respond with exact opposite thought. So if I want to complain about something, instead, I just challenge myself. No, you just speak life about whatever that is you want to complain. You want to complain about one of your kids. You want to complain about something at work. You want to complain about the weather, whatever it is. You find something positive, you speak that. I'll tell you what I have found is it is amazing how it changes the atmosphere inside of you, in me. I've seen that. So just, you know, instead of going this way, instead of complaining, speak words of life. That's your second prescription. It's just that simple. And here's what I hope. I hope that we will support each other in this. I hope families will call each other out. I know you're going to have a lot of fun with it. I know you're going to torment each other with it. And I think that's awesome. I mean, I really mean that. I think it is. I think we should stop complaining. And I think nine days is doable through Christmas. And I I hope that people will support each other. I hope if you're in a life group that you'll call each other out and challenge each each other in this, in in, in your life group. And if you're not in a life group, you ought to be. They they make such a difference because you get connected with other people and and this is where you get help and encouragement and support in in these kind of situations. So I I, I hope you'll do that. And here's what I'm going to do for you if you want it, okay? And, And many of you won't, but some of you will. If you would like, I will give you uh, personally, send one text a day over those nine days, and after that, none will come. If you would like that, all you have to do is just text nine, the number nine days, just as one word there, to this number, 269-231-4080. Now, you're going to see that in the folder that you have, too, so you don't have to do it this instant, but, but just sign up for it, and I'll just send you a word of encouragement or a scripture or something like that. Just one scripture, or, or excuse me, one text one thing each day for nine days. After that, nothing else. And if you want to opt out, after, if you look at the first one and go, this is stupid. Well, number one, you're complaining. But number two, you can opt out. <laughs> Let's just see what God does. Let's just see what he does. Nine days without complaint. You all in? All right, let's stand to our feet. And I'll send you out with a blessing. May you go with an awareness of God. May you be aware of how blessed and rich you are. May you see him in the middle of your daily life. And may you rejoice and may you stop complaining for nine days and glorify God with the words of your mouth and the thoughts and attitudes of your heart. May you send ripples out that bring life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great day. We have people in front who'd love to pray with you if you'd like prayer.